biohacking, performance, mastery, mindset. This is a show about getting better every single day. The Hack Life with Joel Levin. Welcome to the show. All right. Hey, it's Joel from The Hack Life. I'm here with Angela Martinucci. You know, Angela, you're a human potential coach. You're a theta healer, but I think what you're most known for is being a neuro-optimal neurofeedback practitioner. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Thank you. And this is beautiful. We're here in El Cerrito, California in your office. We've just set your son Enzo up. We're doing some neurofeedback right now. It's um, amazing. So one of the things I thought is powerful is if you could tell the audience just how you came about neurofeedback. Like, how did you stumble upon this? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, not not along the best uh, path, but that's how we find things, right? So uh, I was diagnosed with stage three cancer when I was 33, and I uh, went through all the traditional treatments and uh, chemo and four surgeries and radiation and just wow. kind of fell into a black hole afterwards. Um, that's the only way I can explain it, but mm. I was just unable to function, chemo, uh, brain fog, and anxiety and just you know a lot of a lot of issues trouble sleeping um and so actually my aunt who had been involved with neurofeedback for a long time i i wasn't really aware of what it was at the time but she saw that i just wasn't getting better and she said i think you should try this thing called neurofeedback so i learned about it that way and neurooptimal was the first uh, technology that i used and so started using it. Actually, the first thing that I noticed was my golf game improving. And, oh, uh, that's a plus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who cares about the cancer? The golf <laughs> right, game is Right, right, the better. golf game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I noticed, oh, I haven't hit the ball like that before. This is interesting. So, um, so yeah, then it all of a sudden, you know, life was getting better. I was sleeping. Everything was improving. And it was really subtle and seamless, actually. I just kind of found myself in this new normal of functioning and going to the grocery store and remembering my groceries and, wow. you know, that kind of thing that was like, oh, this is interesting. I'm, I'm functioning again. So it wasn't like an, an all of a sudden, like, oh, you're amazing. You're, you know, better. You're healed. Right, right. So I was uh, serving on the board of directors for a young survivor group here in the Bay Area and we were on a weekend retreat, and I was talking to some of the ladies before they were going to bed, and they were saying, oh, I got to go take my Xanax and Ativan, and mentioning all the drugs that they had to go take to go get sleep and to, wow. you know, for their anxiety. And it These just are all like, survivors. Mm -hmm. cancer. Wow. Yeah, young, all women, 45 and under, diagnosed with breast cancer in the Bay Area. It's mm. a very specific group called Bays. So it's an amazing organization, and I've been with them for, you know, well, I'm 10 years out from a diagnosis, so I've been with them for wow. quite some time. But it was just like this aha moment of like, oh, I, I'm not grabbing for, you know, antidepressants or, you know, all these things that I was just hoping would help me. I'm better. I'm sleeping. And so I thought, okay, there's something to this. Like, maybe I am meant to bring this to this community because it's just, it's not okay that these women are going through treatment and then being left out to like, oh, here's a here's a pill for everything to function for the rest of your life, and you're 35 years old. Yeah. So that was kind of the, you know, aha moment. And then I went to see my oncologist, and he said, oh, you're doing better. I can see from across the room, and you know, mm. the meds are working. I said, no, I, I threw those <laughs> away, but I'm doing this thing called neurofeedback. And he's like, what? You know, and he has this integrative space in San Francisco where he has an acupuncturist, a massage therapist, dietitian, and they all work as a team for patients. And it was my lifeline going through treatment. Amazing space and really incredible doctor. So he said, oh, well, we need this here. You know, you can have this office here. And so that's actually uh, where I started working with a lot of cancer patients there. And fast forward, you know, I got busier. I live on this side of the bay, so I got busier over here with clients. Uh, the storefront space came available, so I started working here, and uh, yeah, here we are. Lots happened since then, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. going to talk and about gonna, that. Yeah, we're going to chat about that. You know, it's it's crazy because just hearing you talk about um, that vulnerability and just that that malaise that you were in. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember my my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer as well, and I remember just after her being diagnosed, and sure it got removed, and you know. The way that, you know, great, it got removed and you're healed now or yeah. you're, you're okay for now. Yeah. 
But I really remember her struggling for a good amount of time. I can't remember how long, six months, a year, mm-hmm. where she just wasn't herself. Yeah. And you could tell her confidence was gone, and she was just – you could see she felt just vulnerable and almost broken. Mm-hmm. And I don't – I know she's going to listen to the podcast, so it's not in any way to, like, say that, hey, that, you know, you were – you didn't come, rise up to the occasion. It's not judging her. It's just – Wow, like I could see just looking at her, it was like her shell was shocked. Mm. And I remember thinking, and I think she even told me, like, w- like I feel like there was a chink in my armor. Like mm-hmm. I've been hit. I've mm-hmm. been touched almost like by death. Mm. Like I'm, and that's scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool to hear you say, because I would have, that's not something I would have ever thought about for, with cancer treatment. I, I guess I'm very just black and white logical and just thinking, Okay, well, um, you know, this is, uh, if you want to go from like the Western doctor, just, okay, we're going to prescribe medicines, we're going to do this, we're going to take it out, we're going to cut it out. Sure. Or even if you're going to go with a, a biohacking uh, approach and you're going to, you know, use antifungals or whatever you're going to do mm-hmm. to balance the body and take it out. But I would never think about the mental and mind component of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, it changes everything. And I think some people can move like continue in a space of like I don't know what I would have done if I hadn't found the neurofeedback because I just felt like I mean I was prior to the diagnosis I was a um, nutritionist and a personal chef for people with special dietary needs and Mm -hmm. nutrition consultant so it wasn't like I was you know drinking whatever and you know I was growing my own vegetables it wasn't something that I expected yeah yeah I had two little kids and you know, they said, oh, nurse your kids, that helps. Like, I thought I w- had crossed all the, you know, oh, you won't get cancer, no family history. Yeah. And so I think there's a bit of, like, feeling like your body has turned on you. And, you know, but it does, I think you can also allow it. For me, it was just a wake-up and changing my whole perspective on life. So it gives me, you know, every day is a new day, and I, I live in a state of gratitude as a result of that. So, yeah, uh, yeah I wouldn't take it away for anything, so... When when you were doing the neurofeedback, how back can you remember how many times you had to do it, or that you were doing it before you started feeling some ease? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it was. I would say it was it within a couple months. I wasn't doing it super frequently, maybe once a week, something like that. Um, I wish I had taken, you know, better care of logging it, or but I was just yeah. kind of floundering on my own at the time because I. I actually had a system of my aunts that I was using at home, but I didn't really have that guidance that I could have used at the time. I just like, what is this thing that I'm doing? Is it helping? Is it not? Yeah. And the reason you chose NeuroOptimal, was that just serendipitous that your your aunt Mm -hmm. had it? Was there any other reason? Like, oh, I want this brand versus another one? It was just I didn't do any research. I had never heard of neurofeedback. I just, I would have done anything to feel better. So Completely. Yeah, yeah. And then just for the audience, you know, you and I are, straight up biohackers. We love mm-hmm. this stuff. We live and breathe it. What is just a general term? Like what's neurofeedback for people that don't know? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things that are kind of, that will say they are neurofeedback. So I guess generally it's um, anything that uses EEG technology to m- create change in the brain. So measuring the um, electrical activity of the brain to create change or give the brain information about what it's just done. Very cool. And there is there's a device out there called a Muse. Mm-hmm. I think they use like EEG. Uh, they measure like the EEG, and then what they're I think what they're known for is actually helping people meditate better or get into a state of meditation. Exactly using the EEG. What's the biggest difference you think between someone going out and buying a two hundred dollar Muse mm-hmm. versus a you know neurooptimal system? Yeah, I mean, the biggest difference is that the Muse is uh, teaching somebody how to meditate, which is great. So anytime somebody can, you know, get in that space and learn to meditate, I don't have any problem. Meditation's amazing. Um, but neurooptimal is brain training. So it's training the whole central nervous system So for long-term change. And I think the long-term change is the biggest component. So, you know, it's not like once you stop, you lose the progress that you've made, whereas a lot of these gadgets, you know, that you use them and maybe you feel better in the moment that you're using them or, you know, with the muse, maybe it kicks off a meditation practice, which is great, you know, and there's all the, all the incredible benefits of that. Right. Right. 
then for neurofeedback, there's there's a couple neurofeedback s- systems out there that I'm aware of. You got the NeuroOptimal, which I think does uses like some kind of dynamic technique, which hopefully you can kind of talk about. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's other systems out there that I believe use what's called like a linear type of feedback. Exactly. And like I know Dave Asprey, if you go to 40 Years of Zen for a week, he's actually specifically, and I don't know, I don't want to speak for Dave, but I think if you go to his or there's another one called the Brain Institute in LA and they specifically like try to put your brain in a certain state based on the EEG. Right. So how is NeuroOptimal different than say some of these other linear feedbacks? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're exactly right. So uh, NeuroOptimal is considered dynamical uh, training, and uh, you know there's other places and, and other types of neurofeedback that you mentioned are linear. So linear meaning they typically use a QEEG and map the brain, and they are targeting specific frequencies, like you mentioned. So you come in, you have anxiety, we're going to push this frequency or you know uptrain or downtrain certain mm. frequencies. And with NeuroOptimal, so the central nervous system is the most complex nonlinear dynamical system in the universe. I just love that. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Just love that line. (laughs) But um, so who are we to say what's best for that system? So with NeuroOptimal, it's working with that system dynamically. So dynamically training the central nervous system. So giving it feedback about what it just did and allowing the brain to decide. So the biggest difference is instead Mm. of pushing the brain and saying, you need to be this way, we're saying, this is what you're doing. This is what you just did. This is what you just did. And the brain goes, oh, and it knows how to self-correct. So that's all Mm. we're doing is providing just like, um, you know, when you look in a mirror, it provides, you know, you look in a mirror and maybe you haven't looked in a mirror in a while. You're fixing your hair. You realize you have spinach in your teeth. It gives you (laughs) feedback, immediate feedback. So that's really what the brain training is doing is it's telling the brain, hey, you just did this. Did you want to do that? And it's allowing the brain to decide. So, Uh you know, it's... um, it's it's very different, and uh, it's interesting because I've seen people come from other types of neurofeedback, and I mean, all neurofeedback is great. I don't have an issue with, with any of them, but yeah. um, what I find that's been interesting is people that might come from another linear approach, they say, oh, yeah, well, my anxiety got a bit better, and... You know, but then they come and do this, and all of a sudden they're confident, and they're sleeping better, and all these other pieces of their life change, along with the anxiety because you're allowing the brain to, you're training this resilience and flexibility in the brain, which everything changes as a result, not just the Mm. one linear thing that you're looking at changing. So, you know, with that, you have to keep that in mind as well. So somebody might come in and say, oh, well, I want to improve my sleep. Well, maybe their confidence improves first or, you know, whatever it is at the brain, they become more productive. So it's not we're just training the brain and whatever the brain needs to, you know, the, however it shows up in terms of the optimization for that person, it, it might be different for each person. Yeah. It's so interesting. You know, you, you would think it, it can, it almost reminds me of like functional medicine doctors. A lot of functional medicine doctors like to get to the root cause mm-hmm. of the problem. Like I, you might say I have sleep issues. I have this, Yeah. but if I just try to go after your sleep and I'm not really open to what's really going on that's affecting your sleep. But I just think, oh, okay, you have sleep issues? Here's what you do. Put on some blue blockers at (laughs) night, take some melatonin, take some L-theanine, take some magnesium. Mm -hmm. Sleep is going to be better, I promise. Versus saying, hey, what's really going on? Let's look under the hood. Mm -hmm. Let's run some labs, et cetera, et cetera. And like I said, I don't have a dog in the race either. I I don't know, but it's it's interesting. You would think that's actually probably a better approach, what NeuroOptimal is doing, just thinking in that mindset versus, like you said, attacking a specific mm-hmm. brainwave or frequency, yeah, you're right. It might help just the sleep, but maybe the other things don't improve. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're really you're tapping into what I consider the intrinsic wisdom of the central nervous system to be its best self. Like, we, we all have that innate ability. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how many things become, like how the central nervous system becomes dysregulated through you know, life experience, trauma, you know, uh, lack of sleep, so many different things, medications, and, you know, it can come back to balance and and optimal functioning, you know, pretty easily. So, you know, when, so, you know, you gave me a system to actually use for two weeks, which was amazing. And so I got to, I got to use the system. um, And one of the things I noticed is it plays this amazing music. Mm -hmm. It's just super relaxing. And 
as I'm listening to the music, though, I would hear like pauses or scratches kind of in the music. It'd be playing and then you'd kind of hear a couple scratches. Mm -hmm. What is that? Yeah, so that is giving feedback to the brain. That's the feedback. So that's saying, hey, you just did that. So it's alerting the brain of its own behavior and what it just did. So it's just information. It's just providing information to the brain. And so the brain is able to decide based on based on that information. That, that is that like a record scratch? Like, oh, got a mm-hmm. scratch in your record? Or, or the, the brain is, there's something of maybe instability or quote unquote going well, it's, on. It's alerting the brain and it's not negative or positive. It's just alerting the brain that, hey, a change is about to occur. So... When there's a change about to occur, there's what we consider a flutter. So if Mm. you look at um, like hummingbirds, they make a a little sound before they're before they move, and so it's that same flutter that the EEG is picking up on. It's saying, "Hey, a change is about to occur," and the brain goes, "Oh, okay. Did I want to do that? Did I want to continue doing that?" One of the analogies that we that we like to use is when you're driving down the road, and everybody knows this feeling of you hit the rumble strip on the road, and you yeah. immediately Course correct directs, yourself. Right? Yeah. But if you meant to change lanes, you would just continue to go, mm. right? And so the brain is the same. It, if it means to go to the, whatever it's doing, it will continue to go there. So we're not pushing it in a certain way. We're just giving it this awareness of what it's doing. Another quick question. While I, while I was under the the NeuroOptimal, while I was doing it, I, I would I would set up my profile and everything, and it was the same music every time. Mm-hmm. Is that normal, or can you change tracks? You can you know? load whatever music you want. Yeah, you can load movies for kids. They can watch a movie, and yeah. So it's mm, I should have done that for my yeah. my six year old. <laughs> right. That would have been a game changer. Yeah. 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 For sure, yeah. So we'll we'll line that up. <laughs> okay. So yeah. yeah, you don't have to. Li- I mean, the the track that was played, I I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it, it wasn't getting boring. It's got so many different yeah, undulations yeah. and places it takes you. So it didn't bother me. But I was just thinking, oh, is this is this the only track you can yeah, listen yeah. to? You know? No, people can load whatever playlist they want. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So in a nutshell, like, why should why do you think people should do neurofeedback? Because, you know, we, we look at exercise and, you know, eating well, but at the end of the day, there's nothing that impacts your life more profoundly than your state of mind. So if you can change that, it changes everything. Yeah. And I think a lot of people find like, oh, I want to meditate. I'm not good at meditating or they want to create change in that area of their life, but they don't know how to begin. And this is totally passive and non-invasive and super easy to do. I mean, you can, you can, like you saw with Enzo, you can read while you're doing a session. You can, I can sit and work on my emails while I'm doing a session. You can do anything else while you're in the chair. So that's the nice thing about it is it doesn't have to, you know, you don't have to carve out 30 minutes specifically for that. But, um, you know, specifically in this day and age, I would say with the impact of just the bombardment of information with technology and commutes and we live here in the crazy Bay area. So there's a lot of stress. And so brain training is amazing for stress. I find, you know, people start reporting, Oh, my sleep is better. I'm just bouncing back from stressors. I just feel more calm and everybody needs that. And we talk about the root of disease and Mm-hmm. you know, stress is the leading cause of, of many diseases. So if yeah, we can help to, you know, manage that, that can be pretty powerful. I was just thinking NeuroOptimal needs to invent a portable one that like you can put on while you're driving in the car <laughs> right. so that you can, as you're in commute traffic, you know, you yeah, can yeah. be getting your neurofeedback and just being a little bit more present and exactly. pleasant to the people around you. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, I can envision, you know, <laughs> having it on, those commuter buses, you know, like a little flight oh, attendant going idea. around and hooking people up and they're doing their work and they get their brain training on their commute. So yeah, I think that potential is there, but yeah. for now with the EEG pace that we need to use, um, you know, in, until there's a headband. So there are some headband technologies out there that use EEG, yeah. but they're not accurate enough uh, for the type of brain training that we do. And so until that is available, which I, you know, our founder continues to test that. Very cool. Um, but yeah. So. Okay. So one of the questions that came up for me as you were talking was, you were, you were just saying, why should people do neurofeedback? And you said, well, you know, like the mental game, the mental side is everything. 
And I couldn't agree more. Like the more I think about just my life and where I'm at, whether it's in my relationship, whether it's in my job, it's all mental. Everything's mental. And then it reminds me of back to doing sports. It reminds me, uh, Tony Blauer, who's a big self-defense guru, but he talks about being like an Olympic uh, skier. Like he was that good. But he never made it to the Olympics. And he says the reason he didn't when he goes back is was emotional self-regulation, emotional talk, how he talked to him, his, his own self-talk, his own self-worth, and then the mental game, fear, fear, knowing fear and knowing how to disrupt it. So, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And then it just made me think, man, this is probably everything that I'm saying. It's got to be probably a powerful tool for athletes. So... Talk to me about that. Are are you? I believe you're doing a lot of work with athletes now because they're starting to see the value of neurofeedback. Yeah, yeah. So I've worked with, um, well, even my own kids. So that's kind of where I my first experience with, um, you know, neurofeedback and and sports performance. So my daughter is a championship level Irish dancer, but she competes, you know, and it's you have judges looking at your feet, and it's pretty intense. And I noticed how much the neurofeedback helped her. And she would just go into flow, and she's got a big smile on her face. And shes you can tell she's just blocked out the external noise. She's mm. performed at the uh, giant stadium. And I said, are you nervous? Why would I be nervous? You know. And this is from a kid who was painfully shy. And the neurofeedback has really helped her to come out of her shell, um, which I think is amazing because I was the same way yeah. when I was growing up and, and didn't get out of it until my 30s with the neurofeedback. Yeah. So... You know, uh, it's it's incredibly powerful for for that. And then with my son, with with baseball, and I I was just mentioning a story where he um, he said, yeah, before neurofeedback, I would strike out and I'd run and cry in the bushes and not come out. And after neurofeedback, I was able to just shake it off and get back on the bench. So I think you know that translates to all you know everybody. Everybody understands that feeling, but yeah. being able to relate uh, regulate the emotions. Um, but yeah, I've worked with people, top CrossFit CrossFit athletes that have gone to the games, and uh, what they've said is just access to flow. So that performance anxiety just mm. going away and being able to just be in flow state uh, has been that was really powerful for them. Um, and then last season, I worked with the Oakland A's, so I worked with the whole you know team, minor league guys, and it was really amazing to see you know what it did for everyone and sort of the common theme, you know, across the board tends to be the sleep and the, you know, the performance anxiety is big. And I would say the, um, how long did they have it? Oh, for the whole season. So they started in January and went through, you know, they got into playoffs in October. So, uh, yeah, the whole season. And so I think the, one of the powerful things is the resilience. And so, uh, you know, for everybody, the ability to bounce back. So whether that's a stressor at work, you know, your boss yells at you, either you're sitting spinning on it for the rest of the day and you're depressed and, you know, or you're able to just bounce back like, oh, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. And so for an athlete, having a play that doesn't go well, if they're cycling on that last play, it's not going to go very well (laughs) the rest of the game. So that ability to bounce back and be back in the game and present Mm -hmm. is, is huge. It's everything. It's, you know, so that, and then just the ability to dial down the, the noise, you know, these guys have thousands of people, you know, screaming at them and looking at them and, and people counting on them and they're performing at the highest level. So, you know, comments about how he, having the noise turned down so that and to be able to be more in the zone and, and more present. So, um, and yeah, just getting into working with some, um, pro golf folks and, you know, I'm excited about that since, you know, I play golf and I saw that in my own game. And so, you know, golf's 90% mental. I mean, really, and, and the same with, you know, I go on site to these pro baseball players and everybody has the ability but just this small fraction mm-hmm. of people make it to the professional level and make it to yep. the level of starting, and they all have the same skill. But the only difference is really in the mind. That's the only thing that's limiting somebody, like yeah. you say, from from performing at that high level. And so I had an opportunity to do some coaching with some of the players, and um, it's just really interesting to learn you know, what what mental blocks people have and and really what they're thinking when they're yeah. out there. So, 
yeah, but the, the Neuroptimal has been amazing. And so I look forward to working with more athletes. I really like it. And so, yeah. What, now, one of the people you work with, a CrossFit athlete, wasn't she injured? Uh, did, she, did she get injured? Uh, well, I, I, yeah, I worked with one, um, who hit herself with a barbell. That's what it was. And so, yeah, she had a, a head injury as a result. And, uh, the Neuroptimal really helped her after that incident. Um, you know, she was having a lot of issues afterwards. So yeah, yeah, she's really passionate about it because of that. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I, I want to say, you told me you, you had even worked with a couple of jujitsu guys. I'm, I'm big into mm-hmm. martial arts mm-hmm. and you were saying like, this is something that has been a game changer for them just pre-competition. Oh, and yeah. just like, again, the anxiety, the, mm-hmm. and we're, we just said it, like this is a mental game. Like yeah. life is a mental game. Like sure. You're a phenom. You're physically, you can physically do it. Right. But it's the mental edge that makes you an Olympian or not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, a- anybody in life, anybody, the, the yeah. only thing that holds us back is, is we get in our own way. Right. Yes. So, you know, I even going on site and I'm, I'm at the Oakland A's spring training on the field talking to all the players. And I said, I'm not here to teach you how to play baseball better. You all have that ability to play baseball at the highest level. You know, it's about getting out of your own way. And, you know, it's when you can, it's powerful. So, yeah, the mental chatter, the the doubt, the fear, Mm -hmm. all of that that you talk about. It reminds me, too, of uh, this Navy SEAL, Jocko Willink. Mm-hmm. And he was asked a question. He's very popular right now. And he was asked a question about going through Bud's, you know, the, the intense Navy SEAL camp. Mm-hmm. And he was asked just like, hey, you know, how did, how did, how did you make it through there? Like what, what, what was like a skill or a tactic or a hack that got you through it? And he said, well, reflecting back on that time, he's like, I will tell you this. Just like what we're talking about. Yeah. It, there's guys that were in better shape than me, um, you know, whatever. They could run. They were stronger than me, everything. He's like, but he's like, I went into that camp knowing I was going to pass. He's like, I never thought for a second mm-hmm. that I'd be ringing a bell saying I'd quit. It mm-hmm. never even occurred to me. Mm-hmm. And he said other people, obviously it occurred to them. He's like, never crossed my mind once. He's like, I knew I was going to be a Navy SEAL. Yeah. And so I just love that. because Oh, it just, it's incredibly powerful. Or, yeah. What we believe, literally what we believe Manifest, happens. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I was just thinking, you know, leaders, leaders, CEOs, um, mm-hmm. people that are doing, giving public, uh, you know, what's like number one fear? Public speaking. Mm-hmm. Like this is a game. Everybody should be doing this yeah. just for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, alone, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I was incredibly, I couldn't even raise my hand in class to ask a question when I was growing up. And that actually held me back because I was too afraid. You know, I was too shy. I was too afraid. And, you know, fast forward to doing the neurofeedback and being able to go stand on the field in front of, you know, 45 professional baseball players and not, I slept like a baby the night before. I wasn't, you know, didn't have anxiety going out there. Yeah. And in the past, that would have just sent me (laughs) completely, like, it would not have happened. Right. You would have been sick. I would have, I would have just said no. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and even to just grow my business the way I have. and um, But, yeah, I've worked with executives who one of the things that they say that's been most powerful for them is, you know, when you're leading a company to have this, um, all of a sudden they found this newfound space, like, between the stressor and their reaction to the stressor. Yeah. Where they the can. Stimulus before the response, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, that emotional self-regulation to instead of reacting. And I think that that's such a big thing today because we're so bombarded our we we have so much stimulation we have so many things to do we're like in this yeah. epidemic of busyness and you know sympathetic dominance and so you throw one more person thing on somebody and it's not even a big thing but yeah. you react like it's a big thing right so we're yeah. we're not reacting appropriately to situations and you know whether it's parents whether it's you know leaders of companies yep. you know people are whether people are screaming at you on the road because you cut in front of them. This is all, this is, this can all change when you get out of that yes. <laughs> state. Get out of, of that fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just reminded me, you were talking about leaders and their, the stimulus before the response mm-hmm. as a leader yeah. leading a company. The first thing that came to my mind was being a parent, mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh yeah, the stimulus before the response, right? The, yeah. the, the kid just looking at me with that little devil eye and mm-hmm. saying, Oh, I'm going to do this or, mm-hmm. and then how am I going to react? How yeah. am I going to show up yeah. in that moment? 
Um, and they're just looking for the reaction, right? They're yeah. just pushing your buttons. And, uh, you know, that was one of the things I saw when I started doing neurofeedback is I probably used to respond like I was raised to respond right, to, right. you know, kids that are misbehaving or whatnot. And as soon as I had that, I just realized that the kids weren't pushing my buttons anymore. I'm thinking, what is going on here? And I realized that I was just so calm that you weren't going to get a rise out of me. So, uh, yeah, it's, it changes everything. Um, and then, you know, everybody's calm and they're able to communicate <laughs> yeah. in, in the proper way. And so it's very cool. You know, one of the things that's big for me right now on my mind, besides growing my business as well, is is parenting and, and, and being a better dad. And one of the reasons that I wanted to do the neurofeedback that you allowed me to use, I got about six sessions in was was that was for parenting because mm-hmm. that's something I'm struggling with right now and trying to grow and be better yeah. and we had a lot of conversations just off to the side and and one of the things remarkably that you kept saying to me was hey Joel once you become better mm-hmm. they will become better they will your their actions are going to shift based on how you shift mm-hmm. and I thought that was pretty powerful and that was something that I had to self-reflect and really think about myself like Who's really the problem here? Mm-hmm. Is it this little six-year-old who has no prefrontal cortex and it's just trying <laughs> right. to get a rise out of me every second? Yeah. Or is it me and my own story? Right. Because I come with 37 years of stories mm-hmm. and what I think. And also as a first responder, I think something that you helped me you know, realize is I really like to be in control. Mm-hmm. And I was also raised that way. Like my father was was great. He wasn't He wasn't like very heavy handed or something. Yeah. I got spanked when I needed to get spanked, but, um, I carry that philosophy in my head Mm -hmm. is that when I say something, you do it. Yeah. And it's just, that's not the way it works. Mm -hmm. So I struggle with that myself and having to, you know, deconflict with myself and relax and say, Hey, like, um, I, I'm the problem basically is what, you know, I've got to emotionally self-regulate myself Mm -hmm. and give up some of these, ideas of control because it's just not true. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think in all areas of our life, right, the more you can let go and just let things be, the more things actually come to you that you want and yeah. and the way that, you know, it's like if you're driving and you're trying to get somewhere, you end up hitting every red light because you're stressed and you're in a hurry. But if you're just relaxed and you're on the way to, you know, your location and you're whatever, you get every green light, right? right. So it's it's interesting um, to, yeah, but it's a process, right? To, to undo the beliefs that we all have and what we've been, the way we've been wired. Yeah. So it's, it's about rewiring and uh, yeah, living life in a different way. So, but it takes time. It takes time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about first responders? Do you get a lot of those people, firemen, policemen, paramedics? Anybody? Do you get a lot of those people coming through your through your office? I don't really. really? Yeah, which is, and I think we got to work on that. We are going to work on we're, that. We're going to work gonna on, tag that. Team on that. <laughs> yeah, afterwards. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm actually I'm looking at a, a new location that has a, a bigger space and um, to have multiple chairs with the idea of like a community brain training center. And yeah. so one of my big things is like we want to get back to community, and so that's always been a big passion behind what I do. I know that you know, the young survivor can't afford maybe a, the rate that it is per session to come into an office. So yeah. what we're looking at doing is creating an environment where it's more like four chairs going at a time. You just come in and get your session and, um, you know, providing access at a lower cost and doing some, we've been doing some community days where we give back to community and say, you know, first responders, veterans, yeah. all these people that are you know, that we want to provide access to. So, um, so yeah, you have to come to that. We've got to do we'll something. We'll have you give a talk and invite all the local first responders in to understand that there's, I think it's the stigma. I think that's what it is. I've had. Sure. I think it's a stigma and I also think it's just a lack of awareness and knowledge. Oh, right? absolutely, absolutely. They don't even know about this. No, this no. Is, This thing is available because yeah. we all just go to the Western approach. I go to Kaiser, I go to wherever I go. And, oh, you have anxiety? Like yeah. you said, here's Xanax, here's a pill. Yeah. So that's your solution. Or they just keep pushing it down all the trauma that they yeah. see, you know, the sleepless nights and 
at some point it's going to catch up, right? So, mm-hmm. I but I definitely think the stigma. Like I had a booth yeah. at an event, and and there were some first responders. And I'm like, hey, come talk about yeah. brain training. They're like, oh, I'm cool, you know, right. <laughs> walk away. Yeah. So, yeah. it was like, no, my mind's fine. And I think people are a little I, nervous about like, well, what are you going to do to my brain or are you going to see what's on my mind or, you know, so I get a lot of that and it's like, no, you're going to relax. I don't care what's on your mind. I don't see what's on your mind and it's not going to do anything to your brain. You're just going to feel better. You're going to relax in a chair for 30 minutes and you're going to feel better. You're going to respond to stressors better. You're going to sleep better. So there's nothing scary. I mean, like you saw my son in the chair. It's totally relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, it's education. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and, but it's just funny because a lot of the things we're talking about that neurofeedback has been shown to help with is sleep, anxiety, and that's probably the top panic attacks. Those are probably the top three that I see with first responders that is just plaguing mm-hmm. our industry. And it's like, this would be perfect for them. So I'm excited yeah. to hopefully do something with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That'd be fun. Something we, we've been talking about a little bit, we've been, you know, grazing on is sleep. Mm-hmm. What what have you seen with people with sleep? And I and I remember, uh, you know, when we were at a, uh, I actually I, I met you many years ago at the Bulletproof Conference. That's how yeah. we met. And I remember uh, someone that was actually one uh, assisting you mm-hmm. was somebody who, after I got did like the fifteen minutes of training, she came by and I was like, hey, how was how was neurofeedback for you? Why did you get involved? And she said, man, I've had insomnia for so I don't know how many years. And as she said something like after ten sessions. It went away. Mm-hmm. So what do you what do you notice? And is that common? Is that like a really common theme of people coming to see you is, is sleep issues? Yeah, I think a lot of people have issues with sleep. I certainly, I mean, I think we're in an, an epidemic of people just not sleeping well. And I think it's a combination of, you know, people being on their phones before they go to sure. bed. I mean, the things that we know as biohackers that you don't do, that's, um, but yeah, certainly the most commonly reported thing that I get is, oh, the sleep is so much better. Oh, I'm sleeping amazing. And, you know, even if they didn't have trouble with sleep coming in. But, yeah, a lot of a mm. lot of people do have issues with sleep. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's one of the first things that we see shift. And, you know, for me, I had lifelong issues with sleep and didn't even really realize what a problem what, that it was until yeah. I started training with this and started sleeping well. I'm like, oh. Sleep is actually amazing, yeah. <laughs> you know? but I did. I had no idea, right? Because that's not. I would wake up kind of anxious in the middle of the night and, oh. and just thoughts going and solving all the world's problems till four in the morning. So yeah, you know, it was definitely life changing for me in that sense, for sure. And then also something we've been talking about is kids. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. You, prior to interviewing you, I had people DMing me telling me ask about kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about the safety for kids. And then I know one of the questions I got is a friend of mine who's a biohacker. She has, I believe an eight year old daughter who's getting migraines. Mm -hmm. And so I want to, but let's first talk about kids. Obviously we had my son who's six has been, he's been doing it. Mm -hmm. And you said, yeah, it's fine. And we had, we had Enzo, we had your Mm -hmm. son, he's 14. So talk to me about kids, the safety, if there is any issues with that. Yeah, no, it's amazing for kids. Um, no contraindications at all. I would say one of the things, I mean, actually for Enzo, uh, you know, we never had him like assessed or diagnosed with anything, but he had a lot of issues when he was younger with um, sensory issues. So he couldn't mm. have his hair cut. It would just like freak him out. Loud movie theaters. He couldn't go to a parade. It was just like his system was just overstimulated by things. Mm. And uh, trouble focusing, you know, lack of focus, hyper focus, kind of transitioning from one activity to the next. He yeah. would just like freak out in these outbursts, and um, it was amazing to see the change for him. So he was, you know, all those sensory things went away uh, pretty quickly. And he was training. He started training when he was in second grade, and he had the same teacher from second to third grade. And I didn't even tell the teacher what I was doing or anything, and she grabbed me after the summer that he had been training and she goes what happened to this kid I'm like <laughs> what did he do now you know because yeah. that's what I'm, I'm thinking yeah. he's done, you know, stuck a pencil in his ear or whatever <laughs> and uh, she's like no I, I don't understand he's like this mature little boy and he's taking his time with his work and he's mm. you know focused and I, I don't know what happened to him 
And so for just even a few years, I would have these parent-teacher conferences, and they would tell me this stuff about him, and I'd look over, like, are you sure that's my this kid? This is my kid, right? <laughs> this yeah. Is, I'm sure, yeah. But, I mean, things like, okay, Enzo, get off the, turn the TV off, go, you know, get your lunch and whatever. It would be like a battle. That World War Three. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And so it was like one time he, I said, Enzo, go get ready for school or whatever. He turns off the TV, he goes and gets ready. And my husband's like, what just happened? <laughs> you know? So little moments like that were like, oh, this is interesting. But um, it's been really powerful for him. Um, and he, he'll use it. You know, like he was telling you for focus or mm -hmm. if he has a project that he needs to work on or he even just wants to get into a book and kind of block out, I think, as a teenager right now. Mm. You know, they've got uh, way too much stimulation yeah. between everything, you know, online. They're constantly on their phones. And so he, I think for him, he knows it sort of just quiets everything down and yeah. he can just kind of get into his book. And so, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's totally, I've worked with, you know, babies. It doesn't, really, it doesn't babies. matter how, Yeah. I've worked with pregnant women. Now, why would women. you? Why would why would you work with a baby? Uh, you know, a baby that's colicky, or you oh, okay. know, it can really help calm their nervous system. So, how know, do you get a baby to stay still with the electrodes? Just and you stuff? know, if they're laying with their mom, or yeah, 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 and and pregnant women too. We have someone in our community that works a lot with, um, you know, pregnant women who are under a lot of stress and trauma, mm -hmm. which goes to the baby, and yeah, so they've seen some pretty amazing. Uh, results with that, with the babies, you know, being more calm and happy and, you know, so yeah, there's no, no contraindications. Any brain can benefit. Yeah. So just like a muscle, you know, and I think like uh, somebody was asking me about the athletes and, and I said, you know, right now it's, you know, you have leg day, you have shoulder day, whatever. And in the future, it's going to be a leg day and your brain day because, yeah. you know, it's just, why would we ignore that? Yeah, right. Of course. So Anybody can benefit, you know, at any age. What about, and of course, you're not a doctor, I'm not a doctor, we're not diagnosing, we're not prescribing, anything like that, but what about, have you seen parents bringing in their kids because of either ADHD or learning disorders or autism or anything like that, and has there been any just anecdotal just from what you've seen in your office as far as the results that they've been getting with, with their with their kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so Neuroptimal is considered a general well being product. And so, you know, it's not a treatment, it's brain training. And yeah. really, any brain can benefit. So, I, you know, that said, I've had, you know, many people bring in their kids for different diagnoses and they benefit, you know, however they're going to benefit. Like, I had a kid who was nonverbal. Mm. Um, and a handful of sessions, he came in and was like, oh, hi, Angela, mom's going to get a coffee, and I'm, I'm going to grab a book, and I'm like, what just happened here? So, you know, they ended up buying a system, and they still continue to train, but yeah, I mean, the brain can learn, you yes. know, any brain that can learn can, can create change, so, you know, while we say, is it good for this, is it good for that? Of course, the answer just, is yes. Yes, the answer, yes, yes. The answer is just hop on there and yes. see what happens, right? So whether it helps, you know, I've worked with people at, that have just been told like, okay, there's nothing else we can do for you. You have stage four cancer. It's, you know, this is it. And I, what I've seen with that is people come back and report like, oh, I have this, this peace and calm and acceptance of what's happening. Acceptance, and yeah. so I've kind of seen all the whole spectrum, right? So yeah. it's it's been interesting to see all the different uh, changes for for different clients. So, w what's a typical session like? Someone comes into you, they want to do some brain training. What does that look like for them for the first timers? Yeah, so I mean, they'll come in, you know, book a, an appointment and come in, and we'll kind of discuss what's going on for them. We have some intake forms that help us track progress so because it's so seamless mm -hmm. so people come in and say well nothing's changed and I'm like um how's your nail biting and they're like oh, I've never stopped biting my nails in my life yeah. I didn't even know that happened or so they it's it's really being this like detective and helping them to identify what's changed for them mm -hmm. so we'll actually I mean I'll see a difference in somebody's energy or their mannerisms or their confidence and um so at any rate, they'll come in, we'll, we'll do an intake and then they'll do their 30 minute brain training and then they're on their way for the day. So, um, and then 
lately I've I brought in a lot of equipment to uh, rent out to people. So mm-hmm. I actually ship rentals all over the U.S. So wow. I work with people that way. I just sent one to an MLB player, and so he's I showed him how to hook himself up. We're doing some, you know, coaching with progress tracking and coaching on other stuff he wants to work on. So cool. But, you know, he comes back from his day at spring training, hooks himself up for a session. His, you know, sleep is already better. And so, yeah. yeah, so it's it's nice to have that flexibility as I was traveling to Bulletproof Conference and all these different conferences all over the country and uh, finding that people are like, well, how do I how do I do this? And maybe there wasn't somebody in their community. So the, the rental systems are a great option mm-hmm. for people to be able to take it home, train the whole family. And, um, yeah. So right now I'm doing a lot more of that work just because I have so many balls in the air yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> running retreats in Mexico and whatever. So, you know, no big deal. Yeah. No yeah. big deal. So people talk, I, I I've seen many, I've seen, I've seen different people say different things. And of course, you can't say exactly, but I, I was just—I was going to ask, just a general: How many sessions typically do people need to do before they really start to kind of see some change? Is it five? Is it ten? Is it twenty? Because I've seen those numbers thrown around. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I know the answer is probably it's different for everybody. Yep. But in your just general experience, because I'm assuming for most people they come in with either anxiety, sleep, and let's just say learning disorders or ADHD, hyperactivity. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe just in general, those three, when do you start seeing noticeable shifts? Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, it is different for everybody. Uh, I would say, so I used to do 10 packs of sessions, like a bundle of 10 sessions. And I I decided to shrink that down because it was a little bit for people to take on like that commit to that big of a package. And so I thought, okay, well, let's see if I do packages of five. And what I found was within that five sessions, everybody would say, oh, I, yeah, I see something happening here. And so they would they would purchase another five mm. because they would feel something happening or we would be able to identify some little thing that had changed for them. Um, we ran a pilot in a high-tech company in San Francisco and we ran, um, it was a six-week, well, basically five, but we had some makeup sessions, but they were doing two sessions a week. We would be on site at the company and we measured all these different changes that happened for them. So across the you know, the five weeks or whatnot, the 10 sessions, um, we had, I think it was like a 70% reduction in concerns that they were dealing with. So we had some pretty significant changes across those 10 sessions for this particular group. You know, people reporting Mm. more confidence, just going on the walk in the evening and feeling like they had never felt before, uh, just didn't even know that this existed for them, that they could feel that way. I get that comment a lot, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're providing or they're finding this space that they didn't know they had access to. And, uh, yeah, so anxiety issues, you know, um, worry, that kind of stuff, that that was a lot of the what was reported by those folks. So, um, yeah, and it just depends. Like, when are you done? It's like, when are you done working out or meditating or it's like you can you can stop. Well, you can't really stop eating, but you can stop <laughs> meditating. And uh, yeah, you're gonna know. Obviously, if you stop, you're gonna notice some of the the effects fade off. But one of the things I did notice from the website NeuroOptimal, if you go there, they they do say like you the brain will change, so you will maintain a lot of what you've grown. But just you like will. anything else, you may have to go for a tune up every now and then. Which yeah, makes yeah. Sense. So yeah, absolutely. So unlike a muscle, you stop training the muscle, it fatigues or it atrophies. Mm-hmm. With the brain, with these changes, because the changes hold, it's like it's like learning to ride a bike. So you can't unlearn it, but you can get wobbly. Like I just rode a bike for the first time in a while. It was a little wobbly yeah. at first, but then I got on and it was fine. Yeah. So yeah, it's that same idea. So maybe people come in and they they train for you know twenty sessions, and then they're off and they're living their life and everything's great. And a year or so later, like I just had this happen yesterday somebody had a traumatic event happen and they had sort of their um, trouble sleeping triggered again. Mm. That's their way of, of showing stress in the body. And so they ca- I need to come back for a tune-up. So, you know, and then sometimes that'll just be like the one tune-up and then they're like back in their smooth sailing that we call it, you know. And uh, so it's, it's highly individual. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have people, I will train every week for the rest of my life 
maybe a couple week, days a week. My kids will go away to college with one of these. So I think just for general well-being and for, you know, maintaining calm and, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I don't really notice a significant shift after a session, but I do notice, like, I start to hold my stress where I, I breathe more shallow. So mm-hmm. after a session, I'll notice that my lungs are more expansive and I can breathe deeper. So I'm very aware of, you know, where my central nervous system holds stress. And yeah. um, so even though the changes are slight, I know that I'm helping to, you know, maintain. Yeah. So, yeah. How, how do most people feel after a session? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, is it usually? Yeah. I, I'll tell you, for me personally, I just felt incredibly calm. Yeah, calm is a, is a word that a lot of people yeah. describe. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of people just say calm, relaxed, um, more clarity of thought, more focused, more productive. Uh, a lot of comments that we got from our pilot project was like, oh, that internal battle of like, you have to go to the gym. You should go to the gym. It just went away and they would uh. just go to the gym. And <laughs> they noticed like, oh, what happened to that like monkey mind stuff? So that is one of the changes that might be kind of, subtle and seamless so people start to eat. they might not be aware that that's happening yeah. but it's in, it's powerful because you're not sitting there with that internal battle yeah so yeah cool yeah um i'm getting ready to do, to go into the lightning round questions with you okay but before i do that is there any question that i didn't ask you that you wish i had asked you hmm. i i think we touched on most everything I yeah. think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, you ready for this? Okay. So lightning round questions. They're lightning round, but you can answer them however you want. They don't okay. need to be one-word answers. If you want to be verbose, be verbose. Okay. Just answer the question however it comes up for you. All right. If the old you could see the new you, what would the new you say? The new me to the old me. Yeah, if the old if the old <laughs> you could see the new you, yes. what would the new you say? So basically, it's one of those questions of saying... Things are going to get better. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah. Just stay on the path. Things are going to get better. Yeah. Things are going to be amazing. Just love trust it. the process. Trust the process. Mm-hmm. I love it. Is there anybody in the biohacking or neurofeedback world or just wellness world? And anybody, is there anybody that you're following right now or anybody that really inspires you? Um, you know, I think our, I, I haven't mentioned his name, but our founder, uh, one of our founders, Dr. Val Brown, he's definitely an inspiration. I mean, the, the lives that he's changed as a result of creating this incredible technology. Um, you know, he's definitely top on the list. Yeah. Um, I would say people that I'm following or, um, not really following so much, but I really like Joe Dispenza's work. Yeah. I think he's doing a lot to, um, you know, bring this, bring together the science of, you know, how, how our thoughts change our life and showing, showing that process. So I've been reading some of his books and following his work. So, yeah. I just started getting into him. He's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah agree. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. If someone can't do neurofeedback right now, for money or just location, it's not available to them. What would be like the one thing you would tell them that this is what you can start doing right now that's going to have tremendous impact? Mm-hmm. I would say, well, one, to get into nature because mm. that's probably one of the most powerful things you can do and just sitting with your thoughts for five minutes a day. Just, you know, you don't even have to try and pe- yeah. don't get overwhelmed with meditating. Just, just sit and be with yourself quietly for five minutes a day. Yeah. Because I think we're just in this rat race. And so, <laughs> you know, don't get overwhelmed. With, like, I don't know how to meditate. Just sit quietly with your eyes closed and pay attention to your thoughts. Yes. And I let, love that. let them flow through. <laughs> yeah. Don't be, no, no judging, mm-hmm. no trying to pull them one way, just watching your mind work. Yeah. I love it. All right. Here's one I know you're really excited about. Yes. Any books you know, I'm a big reader. Mm-hmm. I've had some amazing books really influence my life. Is there any one to three books that that you would recommend people read? Yeah, so I would, I'm currently in this book club with um, my amazing Theta Healer. And so we're reading two books a month, one on abundance and one on spirit. Mm. And so, and then we have a, a powwow and a, a 
basically an energy clearing based on the content of the book at the end of the month. But um, one of the ones that I really liked was um, Sacred, Sacred Success by Barbara Stanny. Okay. That's about powerful women and stepping into your power and abundance. And, um, and the other is, I think it's Money and the Law of Attraction. Um, that was an amazing book. I just, I'll put them all in the finished. show notes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll send you a list to put yeah, in yeah, the show yeah, yeah. notes. So, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, but books are amazing. Money and the Law, and then anything else? So uh, the, the recent Joe Dispenza book, the um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, I think that's was a his really, newest one. I don't know if it's in. I don't actually know where it is in his. Okay. What's and which? Because I know he's got one. I think called like Becoming Supernatural or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. That might be his newer book. Okay. But I think this one's really powerful for. Kind of it's called Breaking the Habit? Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Ooh, I, I like that is, title. Or myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, at any rate, so it's, and I think it really shows like why this work, you know, works <laughs> and, yeah. and how changing just the simple act of changing your thoughts changes your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any, okay, so I'm, you know, we're both biohackers. Are there any hacks or rituals or practices that you do daily mm-hmm. that are just game changers and you're surprised that other people don't do? Mm-hmm. Well, I would say weekly besides my neurofeedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, getting outside. So, you know, for me, outside sunshine, nature, walking outside. And, um, yeah, I mean, I would say meditation but sunshine and nature are like my thing so i love it yeah yeah and if if you know getting my feet in the sand and and at the beach the water is is my thing so healing mm-hmm. yeah 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 i would say that's it very cool free biohacks free yeah no, that's, these are the best <laughs> uh, i've Those tried the them all and the, you know yeah well it's, it's funny too because you know i've i've gone down like a rat race sometimes of buying the new gear or the new equipment and then I get it, and I'm like, yeah, it's sometimes it's a, it can be over, underwhelming. Yeah. I'll, I'll get it, and I'm like, oh, this is cool for like a week. <laughs> and then yeah. it, what I kind of get from that too is like, this goes back to the mind. I'm like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think the strongest biohack is managing your emotions in your mind. Yeah. Like, you can buy all the gizmos and whatever you want. They're good. Yeah. They can optimize and augment your life. But at the end of the day, if you can't control your mind and like – how you perceive yourself, your beliefs, and all that stuff, n- none of the rest matters. You, can, you can't hack your way out of a problem, you know? No, no. So, you can be the fittest, richest person in the world, but if you're not good up here and in here, forget it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's definitely life-changing. So, and I, w- I would say our founder says it's, um, when he talks about biohackers, he says it's like chasing the dragon. So, yeah. you know, what's the next thing? Instead of being like, oh, we're actually okay right here. And actually, most of the biohacks are free. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, he's right. Chasing the right. Yeah. I'm good. We're good. Yeah. We're good with this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, and then one quick thing I just want to let everybody know is. You're doing this theta healing. We didn't even touch on it, which is which is cool because mm-hmm. you're gonna in the in the fall or uh, or summer you're gonna be going through a more intense class. Yeah, in this and I'm gonna have you mm-hmm. back because I really want to get into that. That it's that in its own is a, another episode, mm-hmm. so I can't wait for that. Yeah, yeah, that's it's gonna been be really powerful for me as well. So, yeah, but it's it's just kind of diving into uh, limiting beliefs and and helping people to clear those limiting beliefs. Yeah, and, and why. I think the most interesting part is diving back and why these patterns keep repeating themselves in your mm. life. So it's it's fascinating to to look at you know, to work with clients and to see, you know, okay, why why does this continue to keep coming up? Because there's a belief there that's holding it in place. Yeah. And you can you can break that. You can bring your awareness to it and and change that. Besides the theta healing, is there any other exciting projects that you're working on that you're that you're pumped about? <laughs> there aren't enough, there aren't hum- enough I'm, hours yeah. in the day <laughs> for the exciting projects I want to do. Yeah, um, yeah. We're, I'm I'm talking to a couple guys about putting together some uh, retreats, some basically, um, well, some golf clinics for one thing, where we combine the brain training and some um, skills coaching and take people away for kind of a week long intensive. Uh, still doing my retreats in Mexico, uh, which are amazing biohacking retreats that include Neuroptimal and other modalities. Yeah. 
So, and then, yeah, just waiting to hear if we get this uh, new space where we'll have more space to offer the uh, community brain training. So we're looking so at cool. doing like, hey, you know, bring in, it's first responder day. Yeah. And just funnel people through, but just to really, you know, touch as many people as we can and, um, you know, allow people to, to get better. Yeah. To feel better. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Reduce suffering as well, because I think a lot of people are really... Uh, isolated and suffering and think that they're alone. And yeah. so, uh, you know, just in our, this day and age, we're very isolated in what we do, especially behind our screens. And so I think the community project of bringing people together and allowing people to talk to each other and train their brain next to somebody else and yeah, just chat about things that, you know, we're all dealing with. So that's, that's kind of the next mission and can't wait. Yeah. And then last but not least, Angela, where can people find you? Uh, yeah. So my website is uh, www.mindbalanceneuro.com. And you'll have to put that in the show notes because it's long. It's all gonna, don't worry. It's all going in <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. Same uh, Mind Balance Neuro on Instagram. And so, yeah, find me and um, looking for more, you know, athletes to work with and just. They're coming. Yeah. Yeah. Get ready. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah. So. Awesome. Yeah, Angela Martinucci, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, Love thank you. you. Love you. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the show. It absolutely means the world to me, and I'm extremely grateful for this opportunity. If any of this resonates with you, feel free to go to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. There you can follow me, or you can follow me on Spotify. And if you're interested in life coaching or health coaching, you can find me at joelevancoaching.com. And I'd love to connect with you there. Thanks and continue to be amazing.